the Groundhog Day Gale was a severe winter storm that hit the northeastern United States and southeastern Canada on February 2nd, 1976. Hi, I'm Chris May, writer, producer, and host of This Day in Weather History, now in its second year from the Weather Network in Canada. This was an event that no one wanted to see repeated over and over and over again, like in that hilarious Bill Murray film dedicated to this date on the calendar. You know the one, Groundhog Day. Here we go again. It was two atmospheric features that combined for this tour de force that blanketed this massive area of North America. And there was a surface and supporting upper level feature that merged in this one. In this corner, we have the Saskatchewan Screamer. The Saskatchewan Screamer is a system very similar in nature and performance to another force of nature, the Alberta Clipper. Only difference here is that it originates over Saskatchewan as opposed to Alberta, but I'm sure you probably figured that out for yourself already. Right. They both do the same thing. They rocket across provinces, moving south-southeast, drawing in the Arctic air behind it and digging up whatever moisture it can out ahead of it and within it. At this time of the year, there's just so little moisture that they tend to be more fast-moving air conditioners, at least across the prairies, and they do not bring a lot of snow as a result until they cross those five massive Great Lakes all full of fresh water. Then things change. And this one, after beginning on January 30th, lured in another system. And in this corner, the Southwest Desert Destroyer. Now, that is not at all what it was called, but I needed a name to complete the visual, right? This was, however, a legit upper-level low that was held stationary or stalled out over the desert southwest of the United States on January 28th. Then, on February 2nd, 1976, this day in weather history, they collided and became one broad area of low pressure that had one thing in mind, Groundhog Day. By now, they were packing maximum sustained winds reaching 164 kilometers per hour. That's 102 miles per hour in coastal areas. That is actually equal to a Category 2 hurricane on the Sapper-Simpson hurricane scale. But the gusts were even more fierce. They were pounding at 116 miles per hour, and that's almost 190 kilometers per hour. There were two impacts of note, one in Canada and the other in the United States. Here were the Canadian effects. The Maritimes took the brunt of this for Canada. There was widespread damage observed in southern New Brunswick, especially to the city of St. John, as a result of the winds that blasted ferociously at that 188 km per hour gust range. Other areas of southern New Brunswick, along with southwest Nova Scotia, experienced extensive coastal flooding with water rates as high as up to 1.6 meters, that's 5 feet 3 inches, causing extensive damage to wharves, coastal buildings, boats, and vessels. That fierce wind was directly responsible for power and communications lines being knocked down. Just offshore from the province of New Brunswick, there were 12-meter or almost 40-foot waves with swells of 10 meters or 33 feet that were reported in higher seas. The lighthouse at Fish Fluke Point was wrecked and subsequently abandoned. The aftermath of this storm was bad enough, but then it was coupled with the influx of Arctic cold air that filed in after the passage of the cold front. Damage from this Canadian leg of the tour was estimated in the tens of millions of dollars. And now, the impacts on the United States. 
First, there was Maine. This was where it was observed that this was a very deep area of low pressure and would result in a serious wind and precipitation event. And I say precipitation because it was rain, it was snow, and it was everything that would mix in between. As a matter of fact, in Caribou, Maine, they recorded one of its lowest or deepest areas of low pressure ever on record in barometric pressure, and the results were right in line. Winds gusted close to 70 miles per hour, almost 115 kilometers per hour in Rockland, and they did hit 115 miles per hour or 185 kilometers per hour at Southwest Harbor. And blizzard conditions were experienced for a few hours as the cyclone tore through on its way up to and into Canada. So yeah, that deepening low was exactly as advertised. New York State. Thanks to a prevailing onshore flow that collided with the Canadian Arctic air that was wrapped in and around the backside of this low, this ushered in a very cold air mass that led to significant lake effect snows for areas downwind of the Great Lakes. And in Vermont, Burlington set a daily snow record on February 2nd when six and a half inches fell this day in weather history. Tomorrow is January 3rd, and we will be featuring a segment for Black History Month on the first black woman TV weather presenter. Twelve years before the legendary Al Roker started his career as a weather anchor for a CBS affiliate in Syracuse, Diane White Clato made broadcasting history in St. Louis as the first full-time black television weathercaster in the country. You are going to love this story tomorrow on This Day in Weather History with me, your host, Chris May.